0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Mo Ways Corner. Um, this episode is kind of like an impromptu. It's because I'm watching something um, on TV right now about the um, Michael Brown shooting back in 2014. I know it's something that we may not want to bring up, you know, again, but I just want people to, you know, be aware because this is stuff that had after him, like, was happening repeatedly. And, um, you know, I just feel like now is a good time for me to, you know, speak on it and just kind of watching this documentary. I was only even like, not even a halfway through or a quarter of the way through. And I just thought, I'm like, dang, is now a good time to make an episode. Um, not just about this situation, but just so people are aware, like we have to be, not only be careful, but be, um, cautious and conscious about what's going on around you um us as african americans now um we're a threat not not to the point where we have weapons or we have you know things that might threaten somebody but it's it's us it's the color of our skin It's that is um threatening to um police officers or you know maybe some everyday people out on the street where they feel just us saying a word saying hello or looking at them a certain way is threatening for them. And I just feel like, you know, it's something that we need to speak on, something that can spark up a conversation. So uh, I just decided to, you know, make this episode right now and um, put it out there just, you know, so you guys can hear um, and you know what happened um so the documentary i'm watching right now um is called stranger fruit i don't know really what what it's available on i just it had just went off on uh one of the channels um when i was watching tv and i was like wait a minute let me see and i happened to see michael brown's picture and i was like wait a minute let me see when this comes on again and it ha- so happened to be on demand. So it's called Stranger Fruit It's about the Michael Brown um, shooting in um, Ferguson, St. Louis, or Ferguson, Missouri, my fault. And um, I just want you guys to hear or you know, let me tell you what I'm seeing and you know what I'm watching. But it's, it's crazy. Like the guy that he was with um, that day, literally seeing everything step by step minute by minute second by second and just me watching this I want to cry so if you happen to find it it's called like I said it's called stranger fruit and I just had to rewind it all the way to the beginning just to even start this episode because I'm like this is definitely something that you know people should hear if you don't if you didn't really like read into the case and see what was going on um, this is definitely a good way uh, to see that so I'm gonna go ahead and press play, um, and kind of just listen a little bit and let you guys know kind of what's going on. But the crazy part about it is a few days before he even got killed, he had just graduated from high school and he had, you know, he was going through some things with school. He not wanting to be there and saying that he couldn't finish, but he knew he had um, his mom you know, people in his family that he had to make proud. So he went ahead and, and graduated and, and did that back in 2014, uh, which is actually the year I graduated. So that's, you know, that's a good thing. He, he got through it and was able to push through. And he had people, you know, backing him up and friends, um, family pushing him to finish. And he wanted to make his mom proud. It seems like that was the biggest thing uh, for him. And he kind of didn't want anybody else to tell his mom that he got his diploma. So um, that day, I guess when she picked him up, um, he kind of had the envelope and, and, you know, kind of played it off a little bit, was being all shy about it. And she asked him, you know, what was in the envelope. And he told her, it's just kind of like played it off. Like, it's just my diploma. Like, it was no big deal. But I'm sure in that moment that she was super, super proud of her son and, and what he accomplished, and everything like that, because you know, graduating from high school is a big deal, especially for somebody who you know, kind of ha- they have an issue with you know being in class and different things like that, and getting through you know the uh, curriculum and everything like that. So that was definitely a a big deal. Um, I'm sure for her and for him, and you know, all of the rest of his family. But you know, for that to for the shooting to happen a few days. You know, after he graduated from high school, it's, you know, it was crazy. So she, you know, she's definitely was proud of him that day. But we're just trying to, you know, understand what what happened, you know, in a moment where an officer felt threatened by him. And just only him went out. He wasn't even the only one who was out there, but he was the one that was targeted. Um, He was literally right outside of where he lived when he got shot. So when his family and everything, you know, came out, they seen how he was laying, they seen the blood, they seen everything they seen that lifeless body of their son their nephew the cousin you know the friend so they seen all of that and you know family members are on here saying that they will never be able to forget that day you know what he had on you know how he was laying and because it was only maybe seconds or even minutes after he had got shot and killed they didn't have him covered up or anything. So his family seen, you know, all of that. Um, so they knew kind of knew exactly who it was. They didn't want to believe it. And that's just like anybody else's family. Um, they didn't want to believe what happened. But basically, he was with his friend. And they were having a conversation in the middle of the street. The officer came up, kind of told them, like, you know, kind of to get out the street. But it was like aggressive. And you know, neither one of them were posing any type of threat, but them being African American, and um, they kind of he told he was telling him to get you know out the street, out the middle of the street, and they was just talking, you know, having a conversation, and maybe going their separate ways, or they was both going to one place, uh, whatever that case was. But it was just the officer was very aggressive, so the friend that he was with. Um, I don't want to put his name out there, but, you know, he was there the whole time, like I said, the whole time. they So, like I said, they, you know, having, just having a conversation, probably an everyday conversation for them, and like I said, either going the separate ways, or they going to the same direction. Now, the guy that he was with only lived a minute away from where they were standing and talking, so they would you know, had to be on their way home. So they still walking in the middle of the street. He kind of turned around, the officer, I guess, turned around in the street and was, like, pulling up on him. And I guess the back end was across the middle, you know, the yellow lines in the middle, but the front of his car was, like, kind of still in the driving motion. He still got his hand on the wheel and everything. It's like he was asking them, like, what the F did they say and the guy that Mike Brown was with was the only one talking. Mike Brown never really said anything or never said anything at all the whole time they were, you know, kind of right there. He was just kind of just standing there. And it, and you know, the officer opened the door and it hit both of them. And then it pops back, you know, pops back closed on his ear. And that's when he gets mad. And so, he, like I said, he's still driving. Now, I'm doing a play-by-play of, of watching this, so I'm just kind of listening and going by the, the pictures, the animations. So, his hand is still on the wheel. He grabs Mike Brown by the neck, and Mike Brown is trying to push him off, you know, get him off of him. The officer grabbed his gun, put it out in the window, and let go of him, because remember, he was choking him, let go, grabbed a gun, and then just fired at both of them, and you know, the friend is shot, because it's like, what's going on, we didn't even do anything, why is it, you know, going this far, but the officer was so enraged, they didn't know what was going on, they didn't have nothing on them that that he should have should have or could have been threatened by it was just them it was just them so it was kind of like why are you feeling threatened or why did you pull out your gun because we don't have anything but is it because you know we're in the middle of the street we're in the middle of the street and then we're african-american he shot a second time So he shot once at both of them Then he shot a second time So this is already two shots And mind you he's still sitting in the car The officer So Mike was shot From the second shot That was That was um, that came out And His friend kind of was you know, worried about what was going on with Mike. But the crazy part is, nobody knows why he shot. Nobody knows what happened because the officer never gave a statement. They never put it on tape. They never got an official statement from that officer. Um, many people talked to him. I don't know if it was that day, that night, the next day, whatever. But nobody recorded the conversations. Nobody had him write anything down. Nobody, you know, said anything. The only thing that they have is a a testimony that um, his sergeant had gave in the trial. And basically, he don't even know why he shot him. It kind of seems like the, the sergeant asked him what happened. And he said, he was trying to tell him to get on or off the sidewalk, but get out the street pretty much. So it's like, they kind of have it like as a play by play, um, on this and, uh, like four witnesses seen what happened. Cause it, that street that they're on, it runs through an apartment complex. So, you know, if it's, you know, stuff going on outside, you know, people going to see, People gonna see what's going on, and people gonna talk, and especially if they know this young man, you know, in the community and everything like that. And you know, people then want you know one of the witnesses to talk to Mike's mom, which is ridiculous. I don't understand. Um, but it's like you need everybody to see, you know, what's what happening, what's going on. But there was a lot of people at out. Um, that day and you know they still in shock and everything like that they started running away you know Mike is behind his friend officer the officer still in the car he ain't moved he ain't did nothing They they running now at this point he Mike told his friend to keep running keep running Mike's still running. His friend was so in shock still, he kind of just stopped and just was breathing heavy. So while Mike Brown is still running, the officer at that point, that's when he wants to open the door. So I don't know if he just, you know, kind of zeroed in on Mike because he he's, uh, you know, he's a hefty guy um and everything like that. But you never know because nobody got a statement from dude. So You don't know what's going on. So he gets out of the car. His gun is drawn. Not even looked at the friend. The friend is still on, you know, the opposite side of the street. So the officer is just got his gun drawn, still going. Mike kind of still running. He shot again. And the friend still stopped. And then that second shot went off. Mike stopped. And we don't know, you know, if it if what happened, like how the bullet hit him or made him stop or what happened or if it was close in the vicinity where he was like, oh, shoot. So he just kind of paused. He didn't turn around until that shot that either didn't hit him or did hit him or however happened. Then that's when he turned around. But he's like still behind him with the gun drawn. And everything. So he's still running. And that's the crazy part. Like this man is still running. He was far enough that he could still, you know, get home. So he turned around. Put his hands up. He already wounded. And this is when he's saying, stop shooting me. Stop shooting me. Stop shooting me. He don't have no weapon or nothing. soon as he said, stop shooting again... The officer just let it off. He unloaded, and you see the friend still there. Look, They look at each other in their eyes as he's, you know, about to take his final moments. And he's just, he he can't do nothing because he's stuck. You know, he can't help. He can't do nothing. And then it's kind of, he just unloaded on him. Like I said, we don't know why, but it's just like, At this moment, he's not posing a threat. He's not anything. And after all those shots go off, he kind of just covers himself and goes down on the ground into a ball at that point. But he turned around. That's the point. He turned around. He put his hands up. He didn't have no weapon. And the officer just still unloaded on him, which was not... The way that that should have gone, and that's what I want people to understand that it's not that we may have a weapon or anything like that. they just feel threatened by us as a as a race. they're threatened by you know by us because of what we look like, not because if there is anything you know that we have any weapons or anything like that it's because the color that we are. And I just this episode was basically, you know, so I can let you guys know what really happened on that day, but also to get you guys to be aware that it's not always where a situation where we have a weapon or anything like that. Normally, in all these situations, where, um, you know, black teens or black men or women have been gunned down by police that they have been posed a threat with a weapon. It's because we are the color that we are. And I just want you guys to know that anytime you encounter um police officer or anyone And law law enforcement, just please um, comply. Please, you know, do whatever they ask. Keep your hands up so they can see them. Keep your hands up so they can see them. Don't reach. Don't grab. Don't nothing. Even if you let them know that you are going to reach for something, no, don't do that. Because even if you tell, it seems like even if you do tell them you're going to reach for something, they still going to shoot you. So if it's something that you got to grab, if it's in your car, in your wallet or in your pocket or whatever, let them grab it. They want to know who you are. Let them grab it. They want to see license registration. If you're not in your car, let them grab it. Because there's been too many instances out here where people uh, not even people, African Americans are being killed by police officers and not even posing a threat. But the officer feels threatened by the person, by what they look like. And that's not even the case. So, please, please, if you encounter any type of law enforcement, please comply. Keep your hands up where they can see them and do not reach for anything. And that concludes my, ep- my episode of Mo Way's Corner. And like I said, you guys, please be careful out there and just comply, okay? And if you get pulled over and it's dark, call somebody and let them know that you are being pulled over and have them stay on the phone and have them either come meet you or something to make sure you are okay. So that way we know, you know, nothing happens. And if you're in a situation where you can't call, but you see somebody um, out somewhere, Have them recorded so you have evidence of what's going on. Because they're not going to stop killing us until one of them is in jail. And we need to start making that happen. And I'm out. Peace.